Undoing the Common Podcast, this is background noise from Undoing. There's nothing glamorous about entrepreneurship, nor with this podcast. Entrepreneurs are an audacious bunch. They sense a missing and have the audacity to think they were born to fill it. Or they're audacious enough to think they can do something better than what's already available. Robin Taylor of Raw by Robin is both, and she's got insanely healthy fuel-injecting drinkables to prove it. Open wide, this is Background Noise. Robin Taylor thought she was following a traditional career path, university, corporate job with a brand she really admired. Problem was, there was an entrepreneur within her, along with a passion for fitness and hyper-healthy eating that, once ignited, was impossible to snuff out. Like most successful entrepreneurial stories, we hear of an intersection between wanting to fly a solo and doing so with passion and purpose. Robin Taylor's frequent visits to a smoothie truck temptingly parked near her workplace not only cost her a fortune, but triggered an idea which became an obsession. A smoothie company that goes beyond smoothies, but not in the ways you might expect. We'll hear her how and her why shortly. First, my partner Mark Boivin and I discussed the key takeaways from another one of Calgary's enlightened entrepreneurs. Interesting topic, interesting discussion. I feel like we start to see themes come in and trends come in in what we've done with the the number that we've done so far but this reminds me of a previous podcast somebody looking for a way to deliver something healthy deliver something sort of outside of maybe just a strict retail environment who might that remind you of (laughs) well there was a case where uh, one of our participants was sort of forced into doing that and and the circumstances, in fact, turned into an opportunity. It was one of those moving of the point from threat to opportunity for our friends at Fit Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, after I got off the call with Robin, I called Jason and I said, you guys collaborating on anything yet? Because you really should. You're very like-minded, very uh, fit, health conscious. I-, I think, you know, Mark, if there's no future for us in podcasting, there's probably a future for us as matchmakers. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like a kinship kind of situation. Perhaps. Hmm. Let's, more, let's, on, more on that later. Let's table that for discussion at a future date. That's but in the meantime, Robin was uh, another one that I discovered on Instagram. I have met probably more participants, more interviewees on, through Instagram than any other platform right out of the nursery into the world of entrepreneurship. And, and she's in that ilk as well. And she was going to, she had opened up a store, kind of going the mm-hmm. opposite direction. She had opened up a store and w- was forced to close because of COVID. And it'll be interesting to see what happens when she's able to open that up again. Yeah. And, you know, just listening to her story, listening to her idea, there were similarities with Fit Kitchen and that. But what was interesting with her is that she had the idea of thinking sort of online and it's almost now that being able to think in in a couple of different spaces at the same time is going to become more and more important so for us thinking in the face-to-face world for schooling right now is not something we're doing right away but not something you can forget and the online side is not something that you can shy away from now 
And it's probably not going to be something you, once you go face to face, you're completely going to get rid of. So it's almost like she does have the retail side, but she's had that foresight to think about other things. And so that, that sense of duality that, you know, drives, a, is going to drive a lot of businesses and successful, it seems to be what's driving her. I loved her candor as well, because she talked about how she would like to make that online presence more up to date, up to speed with today's technology, but talked about how costly it was. And as we know, bootstrapping a business, particularly in her case, when it's your only source of income, you really have to you know, make hard decisions as to whether you want the Cadillac or the Honda. And so she stuck with the Honda for the time being, and but was honest in her in her own wish to want uh, something that was a little bit more of, you know, more seamless user experience. I used the word audacity in the interview and I use it in our intro as well. This is one of those interviews that to me shows some character traits of entrepreneurs that we don't often celebrate. You know, we celebrate their grit and their resiliency and, and so on, but, I think we tend to overlook how audacious they have to be, you know, and I think that sometimes the, the, the line between those who are and are not entrepreneurs is those who are just are blind to the critics or deaf to the critics and forge ahead when logic and, and love from others is telling them not to. And I think that it's really important for people that are thinking about running a business or do have a business or, students listening in wondering what they're going to do this this concept of focus of focus on an idea focus on what you want to do and allow yourself to deviate a little bit but that's sort of during the route down the road the end destination stays clear as to this is what you want to feel like this is what you'd like to present to the market and she talked about that in the podcast this is sort of what i cared about this is what I liked, what I was passionate about. And she just was able to sort of weave between varying things that she was trying to do with that end goal in sight. And I think that's the, the powerful message from my perspective when I listen to this. Yeah, I think as with all the other ones that we've done so far, um, we let these entrepreneurs become the instructors and to teach from the trenches, I think is about as valuable a lesson as can be provided. So I'm ready to get going with this one. Let's have a listen. Okay. Well, I, my name's Robin. Uh, I own Raw by Robin. It's a smoothie and juice company that just turned into a shop recently about a couple months ago. It started out as an online based smoothie delivery service. I had that for about two years. And then um, after renting out kitchen space all the time and dragging all my stuff everywhere and um, it just feeling so disorganized, I finally made the jump into um, a brick and mortar. And then unfortunately, with everything that happened, about a month later it closed. So here we are. Back to where you were. That, yeah, totally. But obviously, great business intuition on your part to have begun in a virtual setting and mm-hmm. then to move over to a physical setting because you were not that you were deliberately preparing for a pandemic, but you were prepared for a pandemic, given that everything you'd done up until that point was virtually driven. Mm-hmm. Um, how have sales been since COVID? Um, you know what? I was so concerned in the beginning, and I can't 
even, yeah, I'm just so grateful. They have been amazing. They've actually gone, they've probably quadrupled my online sales. Um, and yeah, I just can't complain. Everybody that I talked to since this happened, and just coincidentally, many of them are owners of businesses like yours that, that mm -hmm. deliver, have said the same thing. You know, yeah. it, you almost get a pang of guilt because I so many agree. people are, have lost jobs, have lost their businesses, and yet those who are into the delivery of products, particularly food and bev products, and yeah. particularly still healthy food and beverage products, yeah. seem to be thriving. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, a lot of people are scared to leave their house, number one. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think people are just looking for something that is still really healthy and convenient at the same time. Um, so my smoothies, you know, people could go out and buy all the ingredients separately, but it actually ends up costing them a lot more um, to buy everything. And it takes their, up a lot of their time. And they also have to leave their house and go out and go into the grocery stores and nobody wants to be doing that right now. So yeah, it comes in a bag ready to blend in a um, blender. And all you have to do is just pour it in, blend and pour it in your cup. That's awesome. I want to get right into how this all began and the road leading up to that. So talk to us a bit about how Raw by Robin came about. Yeah. So it kind of, it started a while ago. Um, I was actually doing my internship um, while I was in university out in Vancouver at Aritzia, um, a company that I loved, um, and it was in human resources. Um, long story short, I ended up going or finding this, uh, big juice truck called the juice truck and they did smoothies, juices, and healthy food. And I just thought it was an incredible idea. Like I was really enamored by the way that they could build a business and they kept growing and opening stores. Um, and I thought, I was like, you know what, there's nothing like that in Calgary right now. So being entrepreneurial, my dad's an entrepreneur. I come from a hospitality background. I came back, I think I was 22 at the time and I jumped right into it and I started a company called the raw juice company, um, which was a juice truck. So I had that, I actually had that for two years. I got a partner involved in it, um, as well. And yeah, we ran it, we loved it. And then she actually got married and um, had two kids during that time. And a lot of it fell back on me and it was just a ton of work. Food trucks are a lot. Um, and I wanted something that could be all year round and that had a lot more growth potential. So, but I wanted to stay kind of relatively in the same space, right? With health and wellness and food. So I kept thinking and thinking and thinking, and I could kind of feel the trends of things moving towards online, um, and convenient, healthy food options. So that's where Rob by Robin actually started was I sold my juice truck, wanted to stay in the same field, thought about how I didn't want to take on a massive amount of overhead or risk. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to make these smoothies and deliver them online in cups. And yeah, that's kind of how it all started. That's a lot for something to have sprung from random visits to a food truck outside of yeah. your internship workplace in Vancouver. I'm trying to connect the dots between destined career and human resources mm -hmm. in or out of a retail business. Mm -hmm and into health and wellness and smoothies and 
manufacturing your own food product. Were you always, was fitness and wellness always a part of your DNA? Yeah, I mean, I grew up playing competitive sports. I was always um, playing soccer or competitive volleyball. So definitely the active piece was there, the fitness piece was there, but the nutrition was lacking. Um, but it was right kind of at the end of university that I started to become really, really interested in it and the importance of nutrition in a healthy lifestyle. Um, I never, pro I never imagined that I would be an entrepreneur per se. Like I thought I would just go down the road of getting your um, degree and going and working for a company. But then I always just was kind of craving a little bit more. Like I'm pretty creative um, and I like thinking outside the box and um, working in an office environment kind of seemed a little bit stifling to me. So I don't know. It was, it was just a really cool thing that that juice truck happened because that's where all my inspiration came from and where I, I, um, found enough confidence and courage, I guess, to take the leap. Did you feel audacious in thinking that you could do this yourself? Mm, yeah. I mean, I did. I was, I feel like I was just really young at the time and naive. I mean, going in and just getting a business loan within like a week and just saying, you know what, I'm doing this. You, like that's a pretty big step you know even now i actually think about those risks a lot more than i did back then um but for some reason i just really believed that i could do it and i wanted to and yeah how was that received by people close to you that's actually a really great question because my mom is not an entrepreneur she didn't love it honestly um and then one of my closest friends who uh was employed by a big bank and had a really good salary already she said the same thing she was like whoa you are crazy i don't think it's gonna work um and i yeah i don't know i just thought i still thought it was the coolest thing and i was gonna do it there's a big difference between deciding that you're going to start um, a business based upon you know the, the broadest market in the world i.e food and beverage mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. market right yeah and and coming up with something as niche as these drinks. So the rise of smoothies can be traced back a couple of decades, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But within that world, and I, I think I read also that, um, that you want to position yourself as beyond smoothies. Mm -hmm. um, so something really, really narrow. There's a big difference between food and bev and something as narrow as yours. What sort of steps did you need to take to feel confident that you had a value proposition that people would spend. We haven't got into pricing yet, but I'm assuming it's a fairly premium product and thus mm -hmm. a premium price. Make you feel the confidence that you were going to be able to make a go at this. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, I did a ton of market research prior. Um, Calgary at that time was doing okay. People were willing to spend money on health products. Um, the disposable income went up um people like m my age are now having kids at a later age so they actually have more money to spend and you know i think before i started rob by robin i knew i had a pretty good following base with the raw juice company that i could transfer over to my new company i felt like people were willing to spend money on good quality food more than they've ever been Sure. So the stars were aligning for demand to look substantial. Yeah. What about the science behind it? You don't strike me as someone that would have 
done that haphazardly? And you mentioned earlier on that you didn't have the background in nutrition. What sort of diligence did you need to do, even from a regulatory standpoint, to make sure you came to market with a with something that could be validated against your value proposition? Yeah, I mean, I just did a ton of personal research myself. Like, I'm always looking up what are the next new ingredients, what do, um, what are the benefits of these fruits and vegetables, why you should have them in your diet. I, you know, I took a couple nutrition courses in university and I love them. Um, but yeah, I can't say that I've, I have a background in nutrition and validate it that way. Um, I just am so interested that I put in a hundred percent of my effort towards learning, um, and making sure that I give, you know, the right information to my customers. The packaging, whether it be the, the pouches that you spoke of earlier or the bottles that you sell through some of your retail partners would obviously have to be marked with ingredients and whatnot. Do you mark them as well with the macronutrient yes. compound yep. as well? Yeah. In order to be in grocery stores, you have to give, so it's not specific, just macronutrients, but you have to have the nutritional information on the package. Um, so that was a big stepping stone for me, for sure, because I had to come up with all that um, and make sure that I was following, you know, all the rules and regulations of packaging. Um, How do you go about that? I mean, I think this is a continues to be a burgeoning industry for anyone listening. If you're not a dietitian or mm -hmm. have expertise, do you hire one? Do you hire a food scientist? Where do you yeah. start? Yeah, so you can, you definitely can hire somebody to do all the nutrition, the nutritional information for you. So you just send them over, which I did in the beginning, you just send them a list of all the ingredients, the quantities, and then they calculate everything. Yeah, and it's not too hard to find actually. Um, but it was definitely a very convoluted process in the beginning, like I had no idea what I was doing. And it's kind of funny to see the first um, you know, the first package in comparison to what it looks like now, they're just so different. Um, and it's, yeah, it's neat to see uh, the progress from the beginning. I'd like to know a little bit about the name because I like to ask people on this podcast right around now, what their why is mm -hmm. why someone bothered buying a Rabbi Robin product. And I'm assuming somehow that's entrenched in the naming of the company. Yeah, I mean, I think raw, just the word itself just sounds, um, you know, like it can be dressed, it can be trusted, like it's a whole food product, you're not getting any fillers, you're not getting any additives, you're not getting, you know, your frozen yogurts or um, hidden sugars or anything like that. It just comes raw, in raw form, in a package that you blend up and you pour into your cup, you know, like it's right just from, actually, funny story, sorry, just side note, one of my other names um, was going to be Farm to Cup, because I really liked the idea that people could think about um, these ingredients coming directly from the source and just going right into your body. So that was another, um, that was another name that I had come up with and then it turned into raw. So yeah, I guess it has to do with just the fact that it's, I think it's a really trusted name in the food industry. Like, you know what you're getting in your product. The most important thing to you in terms of what you're basing your business on um, and the way you're perceived by your market, your highest, um, you're going out there and you're an entrepreneur and of course you need to make a buck, mm -hmm. um, but you know, you, 
especially nowadays, but even in former days, no one wants to make a dollar at the expense of, you know, rotten product or poor reputation. So what, how are you, what are you hanging your reputation on? What things really matter to you? Um, good quality products. Always. That's my number one. I want my customer to feel like, you know, like you said, it is a premium product. It isn't cheap. Eating healthy isn't cheap. Juicing is expensive, but I want them to feel that value. They feel good after. Um, when they get it, they know that I have put in not only good quality ingredients, but I've done it um, to the best of my ability and um, have, yeah, I guess just made their life a little bit easier. You've mentioned the convenience and you've mentioned the health. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure flavor must matter too. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course. I've done thousands and thousands of tests of different, you know, smoothies and juices. And um, yeah, the flavor for sure matters. There's been a lot of discontinued smoothies actually because they just didn't really work out. And, you know, that's just trial and error and that's fine. That's business. Um, but yeah, I want a really good, like a good tasting product as well. That's Wait part of their satisfaction. I'm curious as to one of the ones that didn't work out. What was, give me, give, give us some examples of things yeah. that thought were a home run and turned out not to be quite so. Um, so I thought it would be really cool to make an avocado keto smoothie. Um, so it doesn't have any fruit. It just has avocado as well as um, some other ingredients. I think it had cacao nibs and um, cacao powder. It was supposed to be kind of like a chocolatey, thick smoothie um, and some people loved it but it's just a very unique flavor and a very unique texture it's kind of like pudding um, so I was getting kind of you know a 70% or even 60% positive feedback and the rest negative so I was just like you know what until I perfect that or until um, people are more used to that flavor I'm just gonna pull it and what's the process like for something like that are you doing all this literally in your kitchen um, in the absence of your your store being uh, operating now, were you were you doing all this? Are you doing all this in your kitchen, or do you have um, a third location where you go and do the production? No, I still just do it all in the kitchen that I have now. And then prior to that, I was doing it in the kitchens that I was renting. Um, yeah, like we are we're still up and running. Our our store is still open. We're just not letting any customers come in and out. So I do still have that kitchen space. I actually have a couple of part-time employees that are still there, which is awesome. Um, yeah. So it's, is it's that where all is that where all the experimentation comes from too? Then you're you're in there. Uh, yep. Yep. Okay. Definitely. Tell me about the early days, though, when you were just doing it out of your apartment or condo. <laughs> yeah. That was an interesting one because I did do all the testing out of my apartment uh, for the juice truck, and it was an absolute disaster for a long time. But it was fun, honestly. I remember just being such a cool process um, and I got a lot of feedback from a ton of different people I asked a lot of questions I wanted to know um, what you know what ingredients people would like to see on the menu and yeah I think it was like I spent a lot of money on groceries and a lot of time making that menu out of my apartment your product comes in two different formats you mentioned it comes um, in a bag or a pouch Right. You just bring it home and you add your own liquid and blend. Mm -hmm. And then it comes in, in a bottle, which, um, which is all pre-made for yeah. you. Are yeah. they two different products? End result is the, is the bottle product more of a juice and the one that you sell in bags more of a smoothie? Yeah, exactly. So the, the bottle product is all just fresh pressed juice. Um, it goes bad. It's perishable. It goes bad in four to five days. 
Um, whereas the smoothies are all raw uh, fruits and vegetables, superfoods, nuts, seeds, um, powders, that kind of stuff, all in a package um, that you pour into the blender. And what's so the perishability on those? Pardon me? What's the perishability on those? Um, they last a while in the freezer. I mean, they could go three months kind of thing. And do you purchase those like uh, sort of, I guess in an ideal world, you would, you would purchase a s subscription? Yes. So that's funny that you mentioned that as well, because in the beginning, that's how I wanted my website to be set up was a subscription based, um, you know, you get six, 12 or 24 smoothies per month. Um, and I tried everything I could to try to make that happen. Um, but at this time or at that time, I wanted to not go back to the bank, get another business loan. I wanted this to kind of be me with less risk. The way that that um, the subscription would have cost tenfold to build on the back end on what uh, online as opposed to the way I have it now. So, prop like you're looking at, I think I was getting quoted, you know, twenty five, thirty thousand dollars kind of thing to build a website that I didn't even know if it was going to work or not. Right. So I wanted to, I, I tried forever with that subscription based method. Um, and the one function that was the hardest to do was the drop into the cart function for some reason. Mm -hmm. so, so now it's set up where it's not a subscription. You go and you, you just pre-order what you need for the coming week or month. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I definitely am interested still in finding, and I haven't looked in a while, so who knows? It might be a lot cheaper, right? Things happen really quick. Um, but I definitely would like to have that long run. How do you come up with your ideas? You seem to be looking ahead of the curve in terms of what people are going to like and what is going to become popular in this never-ending field of superfoods. You've got mm -hmm. your power list on your website that I saw, and I, they all seem to be kind of the usual suspects as of as of 2020. Yeah. Uh, turmeric seems to be hot now. <laughs> yes. Turmeric is a very, I mean, as you know, it's a very distinct flavor. Um, again, lots of people don't like it. So I'm just careful with where I put the superfoods. It's in uh, one nut milk, the golden milk, which comes in juice cleanse, as well as one of the smoothies. It's the mango turmeric smoothie. I find it hard to actually mix myself. I always end it up is. with a huge residue at the bottom of yeah. where I'm drinking it with tea or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So back to my other question. So I went off on a tangent. How, how do you detect new trends in healthy foods? Um, I think it's just being immersed in the community of health and wellness, really. And, you know, I'm always like I, I teach spin. I love going to fitness classes. Um, I talk to a lot of people like like-minded people that bounce ideas off of each other. Um, I visit new restaurants and, um, you know, like seed and salt in Calgary that just opened up, they have an awesome menu. Um, so it's really just, I don't know, being around people that are very similar that have, uh, that, you know, do a lot of research as well. And then you get tons of ideas from them, um, as well as doing your own research all the time, kind of staying up to date always. What is the, the most underrated or undervalued superfood in your opinion today? Oh, that is a great question. Undervalued. I don't know, because I feel like a lot of them are now really out there. I don't know. I think that's such a tough question. I'm not too sure which one. How about you think about that and let's go to an easier one. What's the okay. most what's the most popular or powerful or proven superfood today that goes on the top of the menu and becomes a bestseller to a company like yours? 
Well, I mean, honestly, ginger and, and turmeric, like ginger is such a healing uh, food, honestly, like it takes down inflammation, it helps with digestion. Um, and turmeric is kind of the same, like turmeric is now actually being used in a lot of the recovery sports drinks because it's that proven. So if you drink it after you've worked out or, you know, gone for a 20 kilometer run, you're supposed to drink this uh, post workout and a ton of them have turmeric in them because it does take down that inflammation and it helps speed up recovery. Now, when you're using turmeric, for instance, or ginger, are you using, are you going out and buying the root? Um, yeah. So ginger, always the root. Um, turmeric, uh, normally an organic powder I'd buy. And then you mix those in either to your, to your prepackaged juices or to your smoothies. Yeah. Any more thoughts on that secret ingredient that um, you on earlier? I, I was just introduced actually myself, which is surprising. I didn't know about it. Um, but to a superfood called Shisandra berry. Um, and I know I actually did not know anything about it and <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit that, but we have it now in one of our juices. I did a collaboration with a, a girl who owns her own um, skin and well skin business. So she actually, she told me what ingredients were going to go into this juice. And one of them was Shisandra berry and it's pretty incredible. Like the benefits. So it's anti-aging um, it helps with stress. It, um, you know, it detoxifies your whole system um, and you can get it in tiny. It comes like in little tiny little packages, it's probably about $50 for this much. And it tastes super, super bitter, but it's just supposed to work wonders. Where's it come from? Uh, Japan. It, it's, it almost sounds like the, um, the, the journey of the, uh, of SIE. Is that how you pronounce yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. What do you think of that? particular ingredient is that sort of because and I, I'm dwelling on this a bit because it and I'm sure you would be the first to admit it all seems somewhat fad like right right these products these ingredients that go into um, products like this seem to have almost a, a specific and, and predictable life cycle where they're mm -hmm. sort of everything anybody anybody wants for a period of time it peaks, it burns out, and then it's replaced by the next contestant. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. I I totally get where you're coming from. Um, I think that's just kind of how how it works. I mean, people just jump on bandwagons, right? That's the way it goes. And then there's a new bandwagon, this new cool superfoods. We get onto that one. But it doesn't take away from the fact that these foods are really, really powerful. You know, they do have all the benefits that people are talking about. So for sure there's definitely trends and fads, but I mean, like research proves that a lot of these foods are very healing. How right? important, how, or how do you prioritize that delicate balance between being a leader in this space in terms of innovation and just being the company that provides what people want at any given mm -hmm. time? Yeah, that's a good question. I actually always try to be right in the middle of that, to be honest, because I think it's really important to give customers a really great tasting product so that they want to come back. You obviously want your business to be around for a while. Um, so you need to balance that. But I also like to bring in things that people haven't tried and don't know about and are just kind of hidden in there. And then they come back and they're like, Oh wow, that actually is a really great smoothie. And I didn't even taste the turmeric or the turmeric just gave it that tiny, like little bit of flavor, you know? So I'm not out there making, crazy products that nobody is interested in trying like there's always ingredients that are very familiar mixed with the unknown 
You mentioned collab earlier on with um, a skin care expert in Calgary as well. How, how important is this whole world of collaboration in your opinion today? Oh my gosh. I think in small business, it's huge. I really do. You know, just getting your product out there for a small business is the most important part. And if you're able to collaborate with like-minded people and people that want your business to do well and it goes both ways, then it just, the process is so much faster than if you're just doing it on your own. And I think we're really lucky now in the fact that a lot of people, especially in Calgary, I feel like we are really um, moving towards promoting small businesses and that we're really lucky that people want to help each other now. You know, it's not just a competitive market. Businesses want other businesses to do well. What sort of companies would you feel would be a good a good match for you? Or who are you a good match for collaboratively? Yeah, I mean, I, I think anybody that really is in the health and wellness sector, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm always kind of open to any suggestions. And I've been contacted quite a few times um, by lots of different people. And if it works for both of our companies, it's awesome. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. What have been some of the pain points that you've encountered in your entrepreneurial journey that um, you'd like to pass along as whiz- nuggets of wisdom to anyone crazy enough to get into this world? Yeah, that's a really, really, really good question. <laughs> it's an up and down journey forever, honestly. There's never going to be a point, I don't think anyways, and who knows, maybe somebody can argue me, but Um, I just don't think there's ever going to be a point where you're absolutely satisfied with what you're doing. You know, there's times of really great sales and then there's times where you're not doing so hot and you need to, you know, pivot and think about new ways to increase your revenue. Um, And that process can be really challenging for a lot of people. Like there's been so many times when I've just wanted to give up, honestly. So I think it's just learning how to deal with, you know, the ebbs and flows of owning your own business. So I think um, before you go into it, you really have to know if you are 100% passionate about what you're going to be doing. You don't have to be totally in love with it because they say never fall abs- like in love with your product, but you need to know that you're going to be in it like thick and thin. <laughs> and, and there must be some personality traits there too that are indispensable. Yeah, I would say so. I, I mean, you have, I think you have to be tenacious. You have to be hardworking, flexible, right? you have to be willing to not have a steady paycheck, right? You don't know in the beginning what you're going to be making. There's amazing upsides and there's downsides. So you really have to be open to that experience. The sexy word for that now is, is resiliency. And Angela Worth wrote a great book called Grit a few years back. Yes, I like that book, yeah. Yeah. Can you tangibilize that, the meaning of that to you? What, what does it mean to have grit? Well, for me personally, I would say it means to, you know, when you get pushed down and pushed around and you aren't doing well, you have the ability to see past that and to get back up and, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, like you're going to get boxed off the horse a bunch of times. You just are. And your grit and your tenacity and your resiliency comes from seriously getting back up and getting back on. A lot of that comes from inside, but certainly there's got to be little spikes and boosts of inspiration from the outside as well. What, what really makes you know that you're, that you're on to something special here? What kinds of comments? What's the nicest thing that anyone said about Rob I. Robin that just made you think, 
Yeah, I mean, that's hard. I don't know if I can say one, like the nicest thing, but it does really help to have a group of supportive people around you. I mean, I have awesome friends, really, really good friends that push me. My customers, I love getting positive feedback from customers. And when I actually make a difference in their life and they tell me and they tell me the stories about how I did, that just, you know, pushes me even further and harder to do what I do. Does any one of those stories stick and, and like without naming names mm. anything off the top of your head that you think that really when you said makes me feel like i'm making a difference yeah i mean you know? one definitely comes to my mind right away and um it was a while ago i was um uh, i knew this girl and she was a super busy hairstylist single mom um working all the time and not taking care of her body in the way that she should um, she didn't really know too much about nutrition so um, I introduced her to the smoothies and then she started actually slowly replacing them um, for her meals. Um, and sorry, I forgot to mention prior to that, she was actually starting to develop uh, mild arthritis and then got gout. Um, so gout is from severe inflammation, so is arthritis. So we replaced some of her meals, unhealthy meals with the smoothies. And after about a month, she reported back that her arthritis was almost completely gone. Like she couldn't feel it anymore and her gout was gone and she's never felt better. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, right? Because you can go to a doctor and you can get prescribed a whole bunch of things, but if you're not really taking care of what's inside, you know, things, your body's not going to function properly. So yeah, that one really sticks out to me. It's a great story. Mm -hmm. Gives you that sense of purpose. Totally. Yeah. What are your thoughts on CBD? Oh, you know what? I don't even think I should have any thoughts yet because I, d I haven't done enough research on it. So I know that it really helps a lot of people. And I think that's incredible. I don't know too many of the negative side effects yet because I just haven't gone to that space. Do you know of anyone in your space? And this is all heavily regulated, of course, but yeah anyone in that smoothie world, even if it's someone that doesn't manufacture, but someone who makes a living counseling others on health and fitness trends, mentioning, you know, some sort of cannabis byproduct as, as a component of their daily intake of smoothie. In other words, you know, here, here I am, I'm this powerful influencer on Instagram. And today I tried 50 milligrams of CBD in my coconut kale turmeric smoothie. Try it yourself. I mean, is, is, that, is, is that language starting to proliferate inside your world or no? No, actually, it's not really. It doesn't come up very often. Um, and so I guess that's probably why I don't know very much about it is because I'm not very exposed to it. I don't know many people that um, are incorporating it into their healthy daily routine yet. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by beyond smoothies? Um, well, so in the beginning I was just smoothies strictly online. Um, and then opening this store, I really wanted to be more than just that. I wanted to be a place where, um, people could come and they could feel like they were a part of a community, um, that this, uh, my product can be incorporated into their lifestyle and it becomes a healthy lifestyle. Um, and you know, we aren't just offering only smoothies anymore. It's going to be smoothies, juices, superfoods healthy food. It was just giving, yeah, I, I wanted the opportunity to expand further. 
So the community I, I love, um, it's looking at your Instagram feed now with uh, some of the collaborations you made. So in your store, would you be carrying the products by Sunday Granola and yes. like-minded yeah. people like that? Mm-hmm. I haven't tried yeah, that Sunday I, Granola either. Do they have a gluten-free product that you know of? They do. Yeah. Yeah. Her granola is gluten-free. Um, and I just absolutely loved her story. She's so cute. Uh, she works at, you know, actually I shouldn't even go into her story too much, but it was, she's a local, um, local company as well. And she's also working full time. And I really admire the drive and the tenacity behind that. Um, it's a delicious whole food granola, um, with no additives or preservatives and yeah, she's great. <laughs> so if you haven't tried it, try it. No, for sure. And I'll, I, thanks to that, that endorsement, I'll try and get her on this podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Story. Based on all of what you've done so far and assuming the reopening of your store and its intended purpose, what would be the sign of success to you? We've talked a little bit about some of the micro episodes and stories that people have, have shared with you that, that has made you feel fulfilled and all those things. But five years down the road, what would success look like to you? I think to me, it would it would be to have a really well-built brand that people recognize and that they can go to for, you know, like I said before, that sense of community and being a part of something and um, living a certain type of lifestyle that's good for your overall well-being. Yeah, I don't know. I don't exactly know how it looks. I know I do want to eventually open a couple more stores in different cities to build that brand awareness. But I don't, I wouldn't say I have a set number or a set goal. It's more just about the community and the brand awareness and building something that's, yeah, beyond just food, you know? At this stage in your career and, and story, it just sounds like you're so deeply passionate about what you do and how you do it. So this may be way premature, but do you ever think about, we talked about audacity earlier on, the big hairy audacious goal of mm -hmm. being in a position, having an exit strategy, yeah. right? Or, you know, Amazon now owns Whole Foods. Maybe Amazon will buy Raw by Robin. Do you ever have those oh. kinds of dreams or aspirations? Or For sure. Yeah, I do. Down to earth? No, I do. I, I, it's, it's funny because I know my big hairy goal, you know, but I just don't say it that often. I think I should start getting used to saying it more. Um, I think maybe because I don't want to disappoint myself or anybody else, I don't say it, but I will today. I, I have known, I really want to get my brand franchised. That's the end goal. I think, yeah, first growing it into multiple locations, um, second franchising it, and then third getting it bought out. It looks and feels like it's ready to franchise. Well, that's amazing. That's an awesome compliment. Thank you. No, you're welcome. <laughs> I mean, a very the, long time. <laughs> the way that I'm, I'm viewing the way it's presented and positioned and the way you talk about it and being the face of the company and the product line and, you know, your, your research into keeping on trend with what people want. I can't wait for the store to reopen. Thank you. Minutes. Yeah, me too. And coming down and, being a part of the community now in the meantime i'm gonna to have to do what everyone else is doing and and ordering it do you do the delivery yourself uh no i have an employee who does them where can we find this product if we wanted to buy it in person uh so in person right now it's at our daily brett um amaranth just at the amaranth downtown on fourth street 
um, as well as Blush Lane. They actually blend them on location in both the Bridgeland and the Marta Loop location, but I'm not too sure how that looks right now with everything going on. And then I actually, we just got them into Sunnyside Market as well. And we can find both formats in these retailers. We can find the, do they, do they, are they sold frozen? The pouches, the, the, yeah. the blend? Yeah, so just the pouches right now are out um, in retailers. The juice is a lot harder to get in. People are very reluctant to take juice just because of the waste. It goes bad so quickly. And, and juice is actually very, very expensive to produce. So currently, just the pouches are in retail locations. We can order juice from you. You can order juice online or come pick it up in the shop when it's open. Yeah. And what's that online address again? Uh, rawbyrobin.com. Easy to remember. Yeah. I want you to just share, because I think we talked about this beforehand, color means so much, I think, in, in consumer behavior. And I, I remarked on just the, the beautiful, rich colors of your juices. Can you share with us your, your current lineup with and, and the key ingredients of your juices that you sell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot. Do you want me to go through all of them? Or? How many are there? I, I, I thought I counted seven, but if there's 17, we might not have time. No. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? There's there's eight. Um, I guess I could just talk about the key ingredients. So uh, there's a detox juice um, that basically is for exactly that to detox your whole system. Um, it has apple, cucumber, spinach, lime, um, lemon, and ginger. Um, and then we have a liver rescue. It does exactly that. It's great for your liver. The key ingredients in that are uh, beets, apple. Um, milk thistle is a superfood that's awesome for protecting your liver. It comes in just a little, uh, little liquid form and you pour it in. There's chia seed in there for omegas as well as spinach. And then um, what are the, the Gaiusa lemonade. So that's basically like your charcoal lemonade that's been around for a little while, but we added a little twist on it um, and introduced the Gaiusa tea, which was straight from the Amazon rainforest. Um, I actually found the superfood when I went to the Galapagos of all things. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, and then I brought it back and put it into the lemonade. So it's activated charcoal, uh, that Gaiusa tea, organic agave and lemon. And it's really, really nice and smooth and delicious. And then the Boliva beauty elixir. So that's that one that I did the collaboration with the girl who owns her own skin line. And it has pineapple, uh, cucumber, aloe vera. Aloe vera juice is incredible for your skin. That's just Sandra Berry that we were talking about originally, um, lime, mint. So that one's a little bit more fruit forward, less vegetable-y, easier to drink, super smooth. And then um, the three nut milks. So we have the golden milk that includes turmeric and then the Mind Your Matcha, which is like a green tea uh, almond milk. Um, and then that blue, that blue magic almond milk as well. I'm getting into some of that blue magic as soon as we <laughs> yeah. It's good. I got to order some of that. And when we do order from you, the uh, the juices you said do have a bit of a shelf life? They do, yeah. Yeah, the nut milk is actually probably the worst. It lasts maybe three to four days, maybe, maybe three days. Um, it's just the almonds go rancid super quickly because it's an all-natural product. There's nothing in there to preserve it. Um, but the juices will generally last about four to five. On the fifth day, you're kind of tasting a difference. So how do you know how to inventory something that has that sort of life to it 
Well, you're really, sorry, you're really, really careful. Like I never, I try to never overproduce. Um, I'm, I err on the side of caution with juice all the time. And if we sell out, we sell out. Um, that's just kind of the nature of the juice business or else you do waste a lot of product. It's a wonderful story. I'm inspired to, um, to go and get some and (laughs) uh, to maybe help heal my aching body as well. Thank you, Robin, for taking the time. It's been a great story to share and to hear and um, all the best to you in this building of this Raw by Robin brand. I can't wait for multiple stores to be opened up and to see this franchise dream of yours start taking shape. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Just out of curiosity, like where, why did you start this and where do you want it to go? I'm glad to hear someone asking me that because it reminds me that I need to focus as well. We, we've got the convenient excuse of being employed full time. So that's always easy to say, oh, there's no time for this. And we both have young kids too. Mm-hmm. So there's every reason not to do this, but I guess that's just where the, the fascination and passion in me comes out. I will forever be a student of this stuff. And I love talking to people like you and hearing how you got here and what you did and the, the, the psychological and physical grunt work that gets mixed in there. So mm-hmm. for now, COVID has given us that, that purpose of really yeah, having amplify stories of people like you. Right. So, and if that's all it is, then that's what it is for now. Yeah. See, I just find that part really, yeah, you guys are doing something really nice. It takes a lot of time to do this, right? And you put in a lot of effort to interview people. So, yeah, so I appreciate it. And I know that your time is valuable. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah, well, thank you. That means a lot as well. Robin Taylor, founder of Raw by Robin. Do not visit her site unless you are a believer that what you put in your body can truly make a difference in your life. Unless you believe in the power of superfoods and their ability to become your secret superpower. Unless you want to go beyond smoothies and juices and into a world of nutrient-dense, whole food, vibrant goodness. Otherwise, proceed to rawbyrobin.com. That's Robin with a lot. Stay safe and healthy, and thanks for making us your background noise. It does mean a lot.